Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are kicking off a brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. Our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott, leads off this series with a sermon entitled, Search Me. If you would like to catch up on our previous series or like to revisit some sermons from the past, you can do so on our Sermons Archive page, which is available on our website. That address is ccgf.org slash sermons. You can also find them on the Christchurch app, which is available on iOS and Android devices. Now, here is Pastor Jared with this week's message. Thank you for listening. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for the fact that we can come to your house and sing your praises. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you want us to come to you and speak to you directly through our time of prayer, Lord. I pray that you be with us in this next few weeks as we look at praying boldly and dangerously, Lord. Lord, I pray that you impress upon us the need to do so. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you speak to us through your word. We thank you for the Psalms. We thank you for what it says about you, who you are. Lord, I pray that you impress upon us this message. Speak through me. I pray that my lips are your lips. My heart is your heart. And that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. My name is Jared Ott. I'm the senior pastor. Uh, If you walked in, you might have thought we were sacrificing goats up here. We are not doing anything like that. Uh, We are in a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And uh, it's pretty cool, the guy with uh, flames coming out of his hands. Why? Because when we pray, it's dangerous, right? Just so you know, we're going to look at this the next uh, few weeks. When we go, we've talked about prayer before, we talked about prayer in different ways. You know, we've gone through the Lord's Prayer. We've talked about prayer, um, praying through the acronym of pray, different aspects of prayer, what we pray for, how we pray for. This one's going to be a little different because there's one aspect of prayer that we often avoid is the dangerous type of prayer where we ask, actually ask the Lord to look deep inside our hearts. And that's why when we look at this the next few weeks, we're going to look at three different prayers that we can pray that are dangerous in a good way. They're search me, break me, and send me. Search me, break me, and send me. You know, we go through life and we pray when things get bad, right? When things get, when things get bad, when, when we are in the middle of a, a storm or an issue, we pray, don't we? We pray when things get really, really bad. In fact, there was a, uh, a boat that was going, it was sinking, and uh, the boat was going down, and the captain said, does anybody know how to pray? And one of the crew members spoke up, he said, Captain, I know how to pray. And the captain said, that is great, because we have a problem. He said, the problem is we are one life jacket short, so we're all going to put life jackets on while you pray. <laughs> Prayer. We pray when things get bad, don't we? We pray, you've seen it this week, uh, with the tragedy going on uh, out in uh, Las Vegas. People are praying. What? Pray for the, the people. Pray for the families, right? We pray when things get bad. We also pray when, when we're in need of something, don't we? Like, hey, God, I need to pay this bill. I need your help here. Or I need guidance. God, I need this thing uh, in my life. I need a new job. I need something. There were two young boys I had heard that were spending the night at their grandparents before Christmas. It was the night before Christmas. Two young boys were there, and they were at bedtime. They, both boys knelt beside their beds to pray prayers. And the youngest one began to pray, screaming at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for a new phone. I pray for a new video game system. I pray for a new baseball glove. His older brother leaned in and nudged him and said, Why are you shouting your prayers? God isn't deaf. To which the younger brother said, no, but grandma is. We pray for things for God, right? We pray for things. Things that we want. Things that we need. 
And while those things aren't bad, while we say the Lord's Prayer, those are good prayers. While we pray for things that we're in need, we're going to have decisions that we're going to need to make. Those are good things. It's okay to pray for direction in life. It's okay to pray for safety. The issue is that we often pray for those things and we fail to pray some of the more dangerous prayers. One of them which is, search me. We don't want to pray those things because we don't really want to look in deep inside of ourselves. We, we know who God is, but we don't really want to know more about ourselves. We just want to know more about God. And so this series takes a little bit different look about prayer. Because all of us should be praying. All of us should have a deep prayer life. But part of our prayer life, as I'm going to encourage you, is to pray for God to look deep inside of our hearts. Why? So we can grow closer to Him. You see, we have to be able to pray these prayers because we need to be conformed in his likeness. We need to understand who he is. And so as we say, hey, Lord, I want you to search me. I want you to figure out what's going on in my own life. I want you to reveal those things. Then I want you to break them down. Not in a bad way, but I want you to break them down so you can lead me. Why? Because brokenness leads to intimacy. I want you to hear me say that. Brokenness leads to intimacy. Only when you're broken down will you know your need for the Lord. That's the only way you'll know your need for him. When you're broken. And that's what we want to pray for. Hey Lord, I want you to reveal these things to me. I want you to break them down. And then I want you to, I want you to use me mightily. And that's what David does in his Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a powerful psalm. If you've not read Psalm 139, I encourage you to read it all. We just read 10 verses here. But the whole thing is so powerful. It reminds us why we need to pray. You see, David's enemies, you've got to understand, David wrote this psalms when his enemies were attacking him. They were accusing David that he had false motives, that he wasn't doing things right. So what he says is, he said, alright Lord, I want, I, want to know, I want to know more about you, but I want you to reveal my innermost thoughts to me. Okay? So instead of making excuses for his own thoughts, making excuses for his own actions, what he does is he says, okay, Lord, I want you to look deep inside of me. And that's what I hope, and I'm hoping that we do over the next three weeks. I can tell you this, this series over the next three weeks, it's a short series, but I can tell you if you begin to pray dangerously, it will radically transform your life. Let me say that again. If you pray dangerously, it will radically transform your life because the whole trajectory of your life changes. The whole trajectory of your life changes. You start looking inwardly at your own self, how you can grow closer to God's likeness. And then as you do so, you grow closer to him and he radically transforms your life. So it's not just a, a simple prayer on, on how to pray, but the idea of praying dangerously. Praying dangerously. You know, it's great. I didn't mention this in the first few services, but you know, there is something to the fact that when we pray, something happens. When we pray, something happens. Miracles happen. Things happen. That's why fire starts when we pray. Things happen when we pray. That's why I want to be a church about prayer. So you may say, okay, I understand the need to look on how do we start praying these prayers? Why would we even need to do this in the first place? In order to understand how to pray these prayers, we need to understand why we need to pray them. We need to go and look at Psalm 139 and understand, okay, we, if we figure out who God is, then we understand why we need to pray the way we do. Some of us have some, some of us are struggling in our prayer life. Some of us say, and I've talked to many men and women or families who say, you know, one of the things I want to do is I want to have a better prayer life. This is how you're going to have a better prayer life, by committing to praying dangerously. Because things happen when we pray. So my hope is that you look at this over the next few weeks and say, you know what? 
There are things in life that I need to come to the Lord with. There are decisions I need to make. There are things that I need. There are physical uh, healings that I need to have. But one of the things I want to do is also pray for the God to reveal my innermost thoughts and attitudes so I can grow in the likeness of him. It's a deep series, but I guarantee it will change your life. But in order to understand uh, how we pray these prayers, we need to understand why. And that's why we look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a great, great psalm because it goes through who God is. What David does first is he talks about who God is. And once we understand who God is, then we understand why we need to pray in the first place. Psalm 139. If you have your service sheets, I encourage you to turn there. If your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there too because we're going to talk about all of it. But we know from Psalm 139, first and foremost, that we just read is that God knows everything. God knows everything. That's what we call omniscience. He knows everything. It says, you've searched me, if you have your service, service sheets. You've searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my, my, my coming in, my lying down. Are you familiar with my ways? Before words on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem it before me. You lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. You know, one of the things about uh, the, the, the deepest intimacy you could have anywhere for people to know you is what? In marriage. Now, even if you're not married, this, you need to understand that you understand someone more fully when you're married. Deb and I have been married for uh, going on 17 years. And I know as we get older, the more we find out about each other. The more she finds out about me, I'm not sure it's a better thing, but she finds out more about me. Your spouse, you are finding more about your spouse every day, aren't you? Some of you are finding out good things about your spouse. Some of you, not so much. But as you get older, you understand your spouse more, Right? You understand a little bit more about them. I know Deb knows a lot about me. She knows, first and foremost, that I have the complete inability to dress myself at all. She, does, she knows that I can't match things, so she just lays it out. Sooner or later, she'll just start putting it on me, so that'll be great. As I get older, I feel like more of a child. She just keeps dressing me more and more, and that's okay. She knows that I have that inability. She also knows, like any other guy, that if I say something's going to take me 30 minutes, it's going to take me a couple hours, Right? So this past week, I said, Deb, i got to move some stuff in the basement. It'll take me 30 minutes, right? And she went, uh-huh, yeah, 30 minutes. That sounds, that sounds about right. Ten hours later, two days later, I was done. I'm not even kidding you. I moved one thing to another room, and then I realized, okay, that's not going to work. So I had to move that over to the garage, and then I moved this, and I had changed a light bulb, and I was doing electrical, and I came up, and I said, it took me longer than 30 minutes. She said, I knew that was going to happen, because I know you. Some of you know your spouse's. As you get older, you learn more about them. But one of the things about the Lord is he already knows everything about you. Everything there is to know about you, he already knows you. Some of you are hoping that God doesn't know you at all. He knows you. He knows everything you're dealing with. He knows every issue that you're going through. He knows every heartache that you have, every pain going on in your life, every health concern that you have. He knows you. God knows every, everything. Because that's what David said, when I sit down, when I rise, when you, my, my thoughts, you discern my going in. My word, before a word is on my tongue, God, you already know me. He already knows you. He knows that you're in here right now. Some of you go, I, I, I'm hoping that my, my neighbor or my family member doesn't know I'm in church right now. God knows that you're here. And he knows what you're dealing with. God knows everything. And it's wonderful to know that. It's wonderful to know that, hey, you know what? I can go through tough times in life. I can go through pain. I can go through trials. But God already knows me. God already knows what I'm going through. That should give us so much peace as we go through life. God knows everything. David then goes on to say is that God not only knows everything, but God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Psalm 139, 7 through 12. That's what we call omnipresence. 
He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the sea, even your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. He's everywhere. You know, growing up, I felt like my mom was everywhere. Some of your moms are like that, where it's like my siblings, we try to do things and we're like, shh, mom's going to find out, right? I always felt like my mom was everywhere. But God is everywhere. He's everywhere. He knows where we're going. He knows where we're at. He knows that you're here right now. That's why David's saying, hey, how can I flee from that? I can't leave. I can't hide. Some of you have been hiding for a long time. Some of you know family members that are trying to hide from God and say, I don't want to show up in church. I don't want to get there. I'm just trying to hide from God. What they need to understand, what you need to understand is God is everywhere. He knows where you are. You can't hide. You know, Adam and Eve, you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? They were trying to hide too, weren't they? You remember Adam and Eve had what they call the perfect relationship in the garden. They had a full union with God in the garden. God knew everything about them, right? And then they sinned. And what happens? All of a sudden, all of a sudden they, they knew that they were naked, right? So what do they do? They, they, got, they got fig leaves, they sewed them together, and they tried to hide from God. Then what did God do? He walked through the garden. He knew exactly where they were. Then what did God do? It's a perfect illustration of what God did in the New Testament with his own son. What did he have to do? He had to slaughter an animal for them to make clothes. He had to kill something. He had to kill something. Blood had to be shed for them to have clothes, for them to have full union again. That's exactly what happens with us. When we sin, God is so holy, we can't be around sin. And so in order for us to be restored to that relationship, something had to die. So God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. A blood had to be shed. It's the same thing, but that's why God loves us so much, because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to come to us, because he wants to be with us, because he knows where you are anyway. He wants you to come to him. Some of you, you never had a relationship with the Lord. You know who he is, but you've never given your life over to him. You've never committed your life to him. I'm telling you, you can do that right here, right now. Say, hey, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of trying to hide from you. I'm tired of living in darkness. I want to have a relationship with you. You can do that right here, right now. It's as simple as praying the prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I understand I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask that you wipe me clean. Forgive me. I want to have a relationship with you so I can, I can spend with you now here on this earth and beyond this when I die up in heaven forever. God's everywhere. Then David goes on to say not only does he, he know everything, not only is he, is he uh, everywhere, but he's all powerful too. It's not in your service sheets, but Psalm 139. It's a very famous passage. Psalm 139, 13. For you created my inmost being, it says. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. David goes on to say, hey, listen, you, Lord, you created me. You're all powerful. Your, 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 your thoughts are beyond me. You're all powerful. God created you perfectly. You may find that you are... Maybe you have deficiencies. Maybe, you're, maybe you have issues in life. Maybe you're not perfect. Maybe you have um, physical ailments. Maybe you, have, uh, you grew up in a tough neighborhood or you, you had a tough life. And what happens is you use those as excuses to say, you know what, God could never use me. And I always go back to this verse and say, you know what, God is all powerful. He created you. He knew you. He knew what you were going through. He loves you. A few weeks ago, I was in my office, and there was a gentleman who was in his 40s, and he said to me, you know what, Jared, I I just don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I just don't know what I want to do when I grow up. He was in a kind of a dead-end job. His marriage was kind of falling apart. He was in a tough financial situation. He said, I just, I I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. 
And I go back to this verse. I said, you know what? God knows, has exactly where he wants you to be because he's all powerful. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows you inside and out. He knows what your gifts are. He knows what your skills are. And he wants to use you. That's why he's all powerful. I wonder if David felt like this when he went up against Goliath. You know, David's there and he's a shepherd. And he's got a sling. And he goes up against Goliath. Here's, da- here's Goliath. He's a huge man. He's been in the military for a long time. He's a powerful fighter. And he's going against a little shepherd boy. I wonder if David went, hmm, I'm not really talented enough to go up against Goliath. Or, hey, I've got some deficiencies. Or I'm pretty short. Or, you know, I'm not really strong. Or I never really grew up in a good family. All those different things. I wonder if David thought that. He didn't. He went right in and said, you know what? God created me. God knit me together. He's going to use me mightily. Deficiencies and all. I'm not a great powerful warrior. I'm just a shepherd boy, but he's going to use me. He's going to take the little what I have, and he's going to make it supernatural. That's why we call it supernatural. He takes our natural abilities, and he puts his super onto it, makes us supernatural. He wants to use you as well. He's all powerful. He's all powerful. Moses did the same thing. Moses, if you remember, God called Moses in the... uh, Uh, with a burning bush, he said, Moses, I want you to lead my people of Israelites. You're going to lead them out of Egypt. And Moses said, I can't do it. I I don't speak very well. And God says, don't worry about how you speak. I knit you together. I've got a perfect place for you. I've got a perfect plan for you. All you got to do is, is be willing to be used by me. So Moses, that's what God said to Moses. And then Moses did exactly what God had him do. Some of us look at all the deficiencies we have in our own life and we we go, you know what? I'm not good for anything. I'm telling you right now that is a lie from the pit of hell. God wants to use you. He loves you. He knit you together perfectly. So how you look, what skills you have, your personality, it's perfect. It's perfect. And he just wants you to be used. He just wants to use you. That's why we pray boldly. You see, once you understand who God is, that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere, then we can pray the way we're going to pray. We pray boldly. If you understand, you believe what the Bible is saying, that God is all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere, it only leads to another, the final conclusion, therefore we must pray boldly. Right? I used to know a preacher who would get to the end of a sermon and he'd say, So what? So what? So what? If you know what Psalm 139 says at the beginning, so what? So what are you going to do with it? We're going to pray boldly. If we know who God is, and if we know he's all-powerful, he's everywhere, then we want to grow in his likeness. Therefore, we pray boldly and dangerously. And we first have to pray, search me. That's what David's doing. Everybody's accusing David of all kinds of wrongdoings, having all kinds of motives, wrong motives. And so what David says in Psalm 139, he goes and he talks about the characteristics of God. And then he goes right to the end and says, okay, now I'm going to pray this prayer. And it's Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And I'm going to have us say it out loud right here, right now. It's this, ready? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That is a bold and dangerous prayer. It starts with search me. Search me, God. You know, I kind of wonder what this would be like. For many of us, it's uncomfortable because we like being quiet. We live in a society where we're kind of closed, guarded. We kind of keep things close to the chest. We don't want to reveal any of the weaknesses we have. Especially, I know as guys, we don't want to reveal any of our weaknesses. We don't want to talk about things going on in our own life. When we say things like, hey, search me, it's pretty dangerous. It's pretty bold, isn't it? 
I thought about that. I thought about that with, it would be like asking somebody, hey, I want you to tell me everything that I do wrong. Every, all the bad stuff. I know if I, if I went to Deb and said, hey, Deb, I got this great exercise. I want you to make a list of everything I've done wrong. I want you to tell me about all my deepest, darkest secrets. I want you to kind of reveal those things to me. All the things you think I do bad. All the things, uh, the, the places where I mess up. I bet Deb would go, in fact, I have a list here already I've uh, prepared. And I ran out of ink in my uh, printer, but I'll go through some of these things. Why? Because there's all kinds of stuff in our own life, right? There's all kinds of stuff. When we look at our own life, when we say to God, hey, search me, it's dangerous. Nobody, many people don't want to pray that because we know God's going to look deep down. But guess what? He already knows anyway. He already knows. And the reason that we bring them up is because our hearts are deceitful. Jeremiah 17 says the human heart is deceitful among all things. We say things like, I don't have a problem. I'm not bitter. I don't have an issue with materialism. I don't have an issue with alcoholism. I don't have an issue with lust. I don't have an issue with worry. I'm not envious. I am not full of pride, right? We say these things. We make excuses like, well, uh, you know, I am this way because of such and such. Or, you know, I I lust a little bit, but I wouldn't lust if my spouse uh, was more intimate with me. Or maybe I wouldn't drink if I wouldn't worry about my job so much. Or maybe I wouldn't worry about my my financial situation if my kids would just uh, uh, not spend so much money. We say things like that. I wouldn't be jealous or envious as long as I had something else. That's where the heart is deceitful. Because constantly, constantly, we're trying to make excuses for the deep, dark things, attitudes, behaviors that we have and it's dangerous when when we start to say hey listen i god i want you to search me first i'm open i want you to come in and search me it's a dangerous prayer it's a dangerous prayer because we say okay my heart's pretty deceitful i'm making up excuses for a lot of attitudes and behaviors i have god i need you to look real deep inside me right now i'm an open book Search me. I'm not going to pray for things that I need at this moment. I'm not going to pray for things that I want or things that I think I want. I want you to, I, the only thing I'm going to pray for is, God, I want you to look deep inside my heart. That's what David says first. Search me. Are you willing to pray? Search me. Because then he goes into this. Not only search me, but reveal my fears. Reveal my fears, he says. Look at verse 23b. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Reveal my fears. Let me ask you a question. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Not spiders or snakes or a fear of heights. What are you afraid of? Because I can tell you this right now. I want you to listen to me. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What are you afraid of? Some of you are afraid of not getting married. I'm, I'm afraid to be lonely the rest of my life. I, I'm fearful of that. I've talked to you, I know. Some of you are fearful of losing your jobs and going, I won't have an income for my family. Some of you are fearful of that. Some of you are fearful that you're going to lose your spouse. You're, some of you are fearful about your kids. You know, my kids have gone off and have done things, they've gone astray, they're into drugs. I fear for them the most. Some of you are fearful over your own health. Scared that I'm going to get sick. My family members are sick. What if I get sick? What if you lose somebody? I'm fearful I'm going to lose somebody. What makes you anxious? What makes you afraid? I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Some of you are thinking those things right now. Things that you're afraid of. What are you afraid of? 
you know, one of the things that when I was in high school, the thing I feared the most was going to college, actually. Going away. I feared because I never had been away much, and I, I was going away a couple hundred miles for the first time, and you have great home life, and so I just kind of feared being away. And I remember staying up late, you know, when I was a junior, senior high school, going, man, this is, this is crazy. I'm going away, and I'm not coming back for a long time. It was a fear that I had, and it took over me. Some of you are staying up late every night, fearful over certain things. And guess what? One of the things I realized is that it wasn't the fear, it was the lack of trust that I had in God. Some of you are fearful of various things in your own life. And it's not the fear. It's that's where you trust God the least. And once you start asking God, hey, God, I want you to reveal my fears. Then he brings them to light. Some of you are into drinking or drugs. You think, well, maybe that's the issue I'm facing with. No, a lot of times you're using drinking and drugs to make up for the fear that you have. The issue that you're dealing with. That's when we talk, we go, we, when counsel, we don't talk about the drinking and drugs. We talk about what led to that. Why? Because that's the fear and that's where the trust happens. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And once you ask God to reveal those things to you, then you start recognizing them. And then you can say, you know what, God? I'm scared of going off to college or I'm, I'm fearful of losing my job. I'm fearful of being alone. I need your help. Because only at the point of brokenness can we have a deep, intimate relationship with God. And that's why he goes into the next part where he says, uncover my sins. He says, see if there's any offensive way in me. If you remember uh, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus, some of you know the story. Jesus is washing everybody's feet, right? He gets in and the disciples were there and he's washing everybody's feet. And he gets to Peter. And Peter says, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet, Right? And Jesus, what does Jesus say? He says, feet that, feet are not, that are not presented cannot be washed. In other words, if you're not going to present your feet to me, I can't wash them clean. In other words, if, if you can't present your sin to me, I can't forgive you of those sins. When we do these things here, when we have a prayer of confession, if we don't know what we're asking confession for, how can the Lord forgive those sins? That's why we say, hey, David say, hey, listen, Lord, uncover my sins. It's not just a, a blanket statement. What are the deep, dark sins, the attitudes, behaviors, the lifestyles that we're leaving, the addictions we're into? David say, hey, listen, I want you to reveal those things so I can present them to you, so I can confess my sins because I know you're faithful and just and forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. If feet that are not presented cannot be washed, that's why we pray the prayer, Lord Jesus, I ask that you uncover my sins. Reveal them to me. It's not just for things that I want, not just for things that I need. I need you to look deep inside my life. I need you to reveal those fears, and then I need you to uncover my sins so that I can present them to you. I need your forgiveness, Lord. I need your help through these things. I need your help to break the addiction, to break the chains, to break the things that I've been into for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You know, what's powerful about this series is that some of this, many of you are going to realize that there's some deep things in your own life that you've been covering up for many, many, many years. Things in your closet, things that you like to keep hidden, and it's going to be revealed. And it's not a bad thing because finally we can release those things. Some of you are weighed down with these pressures of life because you're trying to hold on to these sins in your past. And what's going to happen is God's going to reveal them so he can take them away. And for some of you... It's not only going to be a confession to him and asking forgiveness and a reconciliation. There's going to be reconciliation with you in your households as well. Because some of you are going to realize, hey, you know, I've asked God to forgive me of a certain attitude. I now need to ask my spouse to forgive me as well. 
Honey, I've not been a good husband for you. I'm not going to be a good wife. I've had certain attitudes, behaviors, and the Lord's really revealing them to me. I need your forgiveness. Some of you will do it with your parents. Some of you will do that with your children, with your people at your workplaces, in your home lives, with your families. Because as God reveals those things to you, we realize, man, there's some deep stuff in my own life that I need to get out. And I'm tired of hiding tired of being a fake or a phony. I'm tired of trying to deal with this without anybody knowing what's going on in my life. Lord Jesus, I want you to uncover those sins so I can give them back to you so that you can use me mightily. That's what David prays. And that's why this series is so powerful. But are you willing to pray it because they're dangerous prayers? Are you willing to pray it? You know, we're going to close our service here with a very powerful song, Build My Life. We almost have to break down our life for the Lord to build it back up. Use us however he wants to use us. David goes through this whole progression in Psalm 139. The characteristics of God. Then he goes to say, okay, Lord, now that I understand who you are, now i got to look at my own self to scrutinize who I am. That's what John Calvin said. It was a real famous quote. John Calvin said, man never achieves a clear knowledge of himself unless he first looks at the face of God. Then he descends from contemplating it to scrutinizing himself. So after this whole thing, David says, listen, God, I know you're all powerful. You're everywhere. You're um, you're all powerful. You're everywhere and you know all things. So I want you to look deep inside my own life. I want you to search me. I want you to reveal my anxious thoughts. I want you to uncover my sins. And finally, I want you to lead me and lead me in the way of everlasting. At the 10 o'clock service, uh, Pastor Marcus in the sanctuary led a, sang a song at the offertory called Search My Heart. And it was based on Psalm 139. And the end of the song was, and lead me in the way of everlasting. What David is saying here is, once you understand the characteristics of God, if you truly believe it, which I know you do, if once you understand it, the only thing that you could do as a result, the so what, is for you to say, okay, now I've got to scrutinize myself so I can become more into his image. That's prayer. That's dangerous prayer. And I love it because one theologian said, prayer does not change God. It changes him who prays. Prayer does not change God. It changes him who prays. That is my hope through this series, is as we go through life that we are bold to pray, Lord, search me. Know my anxious thoughts. Reveal to me my sins and lead me in the way of everlasting. It will transform your life. You're not changing God. God's trying to change you. And it will radically transform your life. It's going to be a great series. I hope you'll be with us next week as we look at how God's going to break us down so he can conform us in his image. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that we can pray boldly, confidently, for you to search us out. Lord, I do pray that you be with those of us who have been living lives that may have been in sin, may have been in darkness, may have been trying to hide some things from you or from others, Lord. Help us to know right now that you love us, you want us to present those things to you, Lord, so you can wipe us clean. So I ask for that, a boldness this week. As we go throughout our weeks, that we pray not just for things that we need or want, but because of who you are, that we pray for our own lives, that we grow in your likeness. Oh, Lord, thank you for the fact that you can wipe us clean, that you can use us mightily. We ask that you build our life from this day forward. And I ask all this in your mighty name.